Welcome back to the dojo. We're mobile right now because I'm still traveling. Um, you remember, you can get this podcast wherever you get them on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Uh, I finally hit a parlay. Really? Finally hit an MLB parlay. Don't what know if was? you saw it, but I finally no, I hit an MLB parlay. Um, so yesterday I was I was roaming the halls of Whole Foods with my brother because uh, we were getting some last minute Easter stuff. And I have had nine MLB parlays in a row sell by one leg, whether it's two leg, three legs. So I had my leg of the day and it was a Padres money line because I was like, you know what? Knowing me of last summer, I would have been like the Braves get this one back. You know, they've lost two in a row or the Padres have covered three in a row plus one and a half and they've won outright a couple of them. The Braves get this one back. But I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to trust the trends and I'm going to treat it like blackjack or roulette. I'm going to treat it like roulette. And I'm going to trust the trends and I'm going to take the Padres. And I hit up one of my, one of my buddies from Dallas. And I was like, yo, just give me one leg, bro. Cause I can't, I can't, I can't pick two. If I try to pick a second, like I'm dead in the water. I can't pick two. Just give me a leg. And he was like, I take the giants. They bat pretty well against lefties. Um, that feels like good. And I was like, all right, fine. Giants are down one, going into the top of the ninth. Yep. Two run shot, three one lead. I was like, holy fuck, we're wow. at the table. Padres ended up blowing out the Braves the rest of history. Finally hit my first part of the MLB season. And I feel and I feel good. Like I feel good. I was on the uh I was on the Braves in that one. That was a tough watch. I saw the tweet and I can't say that I was upset. <laughs> When you said, I'm sorry for the Braves, I'm rage nuking them, I, I can't say I was upset because I, mean, like, I just I felt like I knew I was on the right side, even though the line was moving in the wrong direction for me. Yeah, I mean, that was a tough, tough one losing. What was the final score? I, I turned that like 10 to 1. 10 to 1, dude. Jesus, bro. <laughs> I was getting flamed in the DMs uh, for the rage. It was the only game on at the time, and nothing else was after it, so... Everybody was betting on this game, and I had just lost Angels' money line after scoring 11 runs. They score 11 runs and lose the game. Like, nobody else does that but the Angels. So I was looking for a rage nuke after that horrible loss, and uh, my I went with the Braves, and that was not a good idea. I remember seeing your tweet, and it was like, Kikuchi's throwing turkeys today. It's just insane that, like, Detmers ended up throwing turkeys as well. Yeah, I mean, he was throwing lights out, and then he got in some trouble. Bases loaded, and then Matt Chapman just hit an absolute Easter egg missile. Just a uh, nuke job. Grand slam, <laughs> and then it wasn't done after that. They pulled him, brought in the bullpen, which if we bring in the bullpen that early, shit's caked. Uh, yeah. yeah. You can't score 11 times and not win the game. That's a problem. And obviously, you know, I'm not a big baseball guy, but I've been trying to get into, like, baseball and, like, like not to not get good at betting baseball because I was good at betting baseball last summer, but but really understand baseball betting, um, dude. There are so many teams with bad bullpens this year. It's oh, actually so incredible. Many. Where you know, like the first couple games, I would look at the starter and be like, "Oh, dude, I'm fucking fine," and we'd have a four run, five run lead, and the bullpen starts coming in, and it's just like, "What the fuck are we doing?" Like the importance of the bullpen this year, I feel like has been crazy. Like especially the White Sox, dude. The amount of times the White Sox have had two run, three run, four run leads with the starter up, and we bring in the bullpen, and it's like a fucking high school kid, and he's just throwing literal turkey balls that are getting mashed, dude. Well, it's super like, important. I, it's to, unbelievable. It's super, super important to like see, like today, how does the bullpen look? Were they used all last game? Are there mm. guys not going to be able to pitch or, or be available today? That's something that's really overlooked before the game when you're making your bet 
uh, that's very important to like stay on top of. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Um, we also had the masters this weekend, which was crazy. I was this close, dude, this close to having the fucking winner, dude. So disappointing, but we actually picked the winner in the podcast. Nick did pick John Rom, so we don't have to drink uh, a shot of, of of alcohol before every show this week. Thank um, God, dude, I was not down. I mean, we all we were one, two, and three, bro. Speed for the legacy comeback. I was dude, nuts on the edge of my seat there for a second, and then he sold on the last hole. Uh, nuts, and nuts. it was like it was frustrating for me, right? Because. Like obviously you want to pick you want to pick a long dog so I took Brooks you know he's feeling healthy the narrative was there my golf guy was 100% right with his narrative then I looked at it and I was like you know what I actually fucking love Brooks um but it was like man dude watching yesterday Brooks Kepka really I mean not that he ever did really has no finesse anymore right I mean the whole narrative was he loves bad weather. He's so good at, at, at playing in bad weather. And if you look at the days, the better the weather got throughout the tournament, the higher his score went. Yep. And I think it was because, honestly, he's got no spin. And what I mean he's got no spin is that when it's raining and the ground's a little moist, because he hits the ball so hard, he can stick it. And he sticks it every single time. So when he was fucking four under, five under, you watch the shots he's hitting. There's a little bit of rain. The ground's a little bit moist. And you can tell when he's hitting on the green, he sticks them. When he's hitting it on the fairway, it sticks. But yesterday when it's a gorgeous day in Augusta, no rain, the ground's not really like soaked up or wet and he can't really stick it. Dude, he's bouncing off the green. He's bouncing off the fairway. So that was frustrating being like, man, it was all there for him. And John Rahm, who's like a career guy, unbelievable playing, unbelievably hot with a perfect golf course conditions. That's a real golfer, dude. He's fucking hitting it, spinning it back, like putting it a foot away from the cup. Like it was just frustrating watching Brooks kind of implode, knowing that if there was just a little rain in the morning, he probably wins that tournament with ease. Just the way yeah. that he plays the ball. You know, he's a, he's a power hitter and especially around the greens, dude, it was so frustrating being like, all right, if we can just chip on here, like we're in a birdie position and the chip doesn't bounce and come back towards the cup, it bounces and goes off the green. And I'm sitting there like, dude, what the hell are we doing? Isn't it absolutely just the worst thing ever when your guy is coasting with the lead like three out of the four days of the tourney just for him to sell on the last day? That shit blows. Dude, and I had a TikTok that had 85,000 views going into the first day. By Sunday, it had 530,000, like me picking Brooks Kepka. Wow. And then, of course, I wake up on Sunday, dude, and fucking BR betting makes Brooks Kepka their squad (laughs) ride at plus 100. I almost threw my phone through the wall, dude. I was like, these fucking bozos. I was like, next thing I need is fucking bad down Derek to say he wants Brooks Kepka to win too, dude. I'm going to just literally throw myself off my roof. Like, I just can't, dude. I just can't. I was thinking about you on Sunday because – I just know that shit sucks. I've had that happen before where like Spieth is, you know, leading the entire tourney and then just come Sunday, he's folds. Dude, like the worst part is I'm sitting there and like, you know, my dad kind of keeps up with the social media stuff. My mom, not at all. My sister, not at all. My brother, not at all. And we're sitting there and my dad's like, oh man, Brooks is imploding. Brooks is imploding. <laughs> and then like, we're watching it a little bit of like, Brooks will have a bad shot. My mom will be like, oh, is that bad? I'm just like, <laughs> Can everybody please just shut the fuck up for five minutes? Because I'm literally about to explode in this living room, dude. But no, it was a good master. So I think all in all, you know, I have to say, so I was talking to like my dad about it a little bit and, you know, watching the masters, 
the pettiness towards the live tour, I feel like is just so unprecedented at this point. I mean, when Brooks Kepka and John Rahm are tied, K comes before R. So Kepka should be above Rahm on the leaderboard. But if it's a live guy versus a PGA guy, they put the PGA, PGA guy above him. No way. So little, little stuff like that. Yeah, dude, little stuff like that. If, if let's say Spieth and Mickelson are tied, um, Spieth will be above Mickelson, even though they're tied. Really? And, and it's normally supposed to be alphabetically. So there's like little stuff like that. And then like the announcers too are throwing like subtle shots. And let's not get it right. Like this whole narrative of the PGA is kind of the classic tour or whatever, but I don't understand the whole like blood money thing. Right. I mean, when you look at the sport of golf, right. John Rahm just won the most prestigious tournament in the entire PGA. Right. He just won the masters, came back, unbelievable comeback. He only won about $3.2 million. Mm-hmm. And you think about the game of golf, how inconsistent it is. Brooks Koepka was the number one player for three years straight. After that, he didn't win a major or even come close to winning a major for a long time other than the waste management one year. When you think about how small the purses are relative to, you know, the general golfer, right? The guys that all the way down that maybe the 10th spot, whatever, that are making like 30 grand a tournament. You can't be mad that there's finally a league that's like, hey, we'll pay you a salary. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I get the blood money bit, but by the way, guys, America buys oil from Saudi Arabia. So <laughs> like, what, what are we, are you going to not fill your car up because it was bought with fucking blood money or like, well, I don't understand that whole blood money bit. I mean, it's money at the end of the day. Right. So I don't understand the pettiness of that. I actually think it's great for the game of golf. It brings some personality finally where yeah. you're like, all oh, the live villains are here. Like Mickelson and Kepskar two and three. Like, I hope that pisses off the PGA guys. Like Roy McIlroy is still bitching about it. So, like, I love that it brings that, but I think for the, like, the game itself, the pettiness kind of has to stop a little bit, you know? No, I feel that. I feel that. It's pretty soft. Like, it, it's just, I, I don't know. I felt like watching the tournament, it's so obvious to tell who the live guys are because they don't show them on TV. Yeah. Brooks Kepka literally had to be in first place on Sunday to be in the first group to get any airtime. And I by saw- the way, while Phil Mickelson was going seven under, I saw him twice on my TV. I saw so many people bitching about that. Well, because it's like stupid. You why they literally show John Rahm on the practice screen for ten minutes, and they don't they don't show Kepka once on on Saturday. That's ridiculous. And they're like, oh, these are the two coming at it. It's like, dude, well, I didn't even watch the tournament Thursday through Saturday because they didn't show Brooks. I yeah. tried watching on Thursday. They showed him two times. I was like, I'm not going to watch this tournament. He's literally like seven under it now. They're not even showing the guy play golf. I saw that like some guy had to. Basically, in order to watch Brooks, you had to like watch individual holes. Yeah, dude, you had to like, you literally had to like go on like PGA.com and like watch per hole to like keep track of him. Yeah, so like stuff like that is frustrating, but I, you know, it was a good Masters. It kind of, it got me hungry for golf again. I don't know if I'm going to be a betting on every tournament, but you know, it kind of is, it's one of those tournaments where when it's on, you're like, damn, you know what I mean? Like, this is up there with the best of the best in, in sport, but. Uh, to shift gears here for a second, go back to the diamond. Yeah. Our, uh, the MLB goat whale that you cooked up looks so good. Dude, it looks phenomenal, right? It's the only thing that's sus is Sandy, but I mean. It's game day today. It's Sandy day? It's it's Sandy oh, day. Wow. Today. Okay, we're going to have to tap it's a Sandy. Sandy day. Dude, yeah. I will say, like, it is a high number for Sandy. However, He's he's the only guy in the league that goes a complete game, you know, multiple times oh, a year. Yeah, dude. So like that gives us a shot. The only guy I'm actually still worried about is Bozo too. Dude, he had a hell of a weekend against the Angels this weekend. 
Uh, he had a great weekend, but 92 just I'm realizing is so high for RBIs. Bro, I think I mean he's got to have double digits by this point. He had two nukes. Yeah, and no, I mean he's got him for sure. No, right. I mean he's on pace, right? He's on pace. I mean, but like, yeah. I don't know, 92 and a half just feels so high still. Let me tell you, I mean, I've got Jose Ramirez in my gut well. He has five RBIs, and it feels like pulling teeth getting those RBIs. So for Bichette, mm. and he's, his number is at 98 and a half. So for mm. Bichette to be, have more than Jose um, at this point in the season, you're, you're, you're happy with what Bichette's doing. Trust me. And, dude, Tim Anderson has been – yeah. On a fire. bucket. A bucket. Literally a bucket, dude. Like he I, can't not get on base. I wish they would update it more. Seeger is also uh ripping, ripping. Siege is raking. Siege is raking. And then I don't know where Luis Castillo stands, but I assume it's pretty solid. He's good. He's doing good. He's dealing. Okay. He's, uh, really, he's gonna be he's gonna be one of the guys that comes to the last weekend, though, I feel. For sure. I want you to guess who uh leads the major leagues in strikeouts as of uh, April 10th, 2023. Is it Lodolo? Dude, he's fucking dealing. And I didn't want to take anyone that was going to be in your go well, but his number and the way he's playing, he's phenomenal right dude, now. Dude. Unbelievable, dude. I love it. He struck out 12 <laughs> Phillies. 12 Phillies. And you think about that lineup too, right? Yeah. I mean, when I look at guys to take over strikeouts, there's some, there's like five teams that I always will look for. The Angels, the Dodgers, the Phillies, the Marlins, and those are those are basically my main four. That strike out a fuck ton, dude. And so when I saw Lodolo was going up against the Phillies, I'm like, shit, we're going to find out whether he's truly a GOAT or not. <laughs> and Because it's on the road. And the uh, you know, I just watched Snell get rocked on the road in, in uh, Atlanta. And so I was like, you know what? Let's just let, – I, I don't like doubling down on taking his normal strikeout line and having him in the goat whale. Uh, but Lauren was like, no, you need to saddle up and nuke it with me. And so I nuked Lodolo on Saturday. Dude, he strikes out the side first inning, two strikeouts the next inning, strikes out the side again. Dude, I was just like, holy fuck. I, I love Lodolo. Dude, he is incredible. And especially – we talk about it too. That Phillies team, they don't have guys that get on base. They have guys that swing. Guys so especially for a guy like Pitcher, like for a guy like Lodolo, he's going to sit down 50% of that lineup every time he plays the Phillies, dude. And I think that's something they're going to struggle with all year too. 100%. 100%. Schwarber is a, is a RBI double or a home run or a strikeout every time. Nothing mm-hmm. nothing else. It's crazy. See what Castellanos, he feels like the same way. Either he's hitting a ding-dong or he's striking out, and it like yeah. looks ugly. Yeah. Uh, we got a Shohei Easter egg bomb. Needed that. Needed, Needed that. that. Needed so that. Bad. Needed that. The Dodgers just got swept by the D-backs. <laughs> no, they didn't. So this is what I was talking about. But this is what I was talking about, though. No, go ahead. I was going to say, they, I, I said they got swept, forgot. It was a four-game series. They won the first game. So 3-1, they lost to the fucking D-backs. So this is what I was talking about with, with why I took the Padres. And when I was talking about a couple episodes ago in baseball, when a bad team at plus chicken gets hot and starts beating a good team, like we have to ride with them. Yeah, It happened with the Pirates and the White Sox. The Pirates fucking shit on the White Sox. And I was like, you know what? Next day, 
great starting pitcher. I think it was not Copic, but it was someone like it would wasn't Cease either. It was Giolito or whatever. And I was like, all right, Giolito on the bump. Like he's, I mean, he sucks, dude. Yeah. But I was like, Giolito on the bump. Like the Pirates pitchers fucking ERA is like six. Like we should be good. Like let's take the White Sox now. They're a better team. They get the job done. Pirates beat him again. So it's like the stuff like that too. Like the Padres are playing. They don't, they have, they had the better pitcher, but the Braves are still favorited because the Braves are a better team. But the Padres won two in a row. Let's just ride with the Padres. You know what I mean? Like let's just ride with the Dimebacks. But it's so hard. I feel like, Honestly, if I was just betting by myself in my basement, it'd be so easy, but it's a little harder because we have to post everything. It's so hard to click that plus chicken button for the Diamondbacks because if they fucking lose, the the little basement dwellers come out and they're like, why would you not just tank the Dodgers? And it's like, God, like why didn't I just tank the Dodgers? You're so right, bro. I'm just now realizing it's quite literally your game day. You got Luis Castillo on the bump and Sandy on the bump. No, yeah, I'm in trouble. Dude, you're going to need to lay some up tonight and get ready. <laughs> I'm in trouble today, dude. I'm in trouble today. Do the Blue Jays play? Let's see. Yeah, the White Sox play. The Rangers play. Luis is pitching. Sandy's pitching. Um, I don't think. I don't the think the. I don't think the Jays play. I mean, that's. Yeah, I got a whole. I got a whole goat whale in action. That's crazy, dude. I, that's literally my favorite thing ever. Nuts, dude. We got a whole. I got the whole go well. Actually, I saw that this morning, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like everything matters now. Like everything matters for me today, dude. It pisses me off, dude. Especially because it's starting well. Like at least in the NBA one, I could chalk it early in my head because I was like, "Oh, Luke is a fucking bum." Yeah. But like, man, dude, the go well starts going. Yep. Shout out Speaking John the- Rants for selling the NBA go well. And shout out Dylan Brooks for proving everybody wrong, dropping two twenty balls. But like, should we even be impressed by that when he's like the they ran their offense through him for the past like three months and he only got two? Yeah, no. Like, you know I, what I'm saying? Dude? I'm gonna be praying on the Grizzlies' downfall. I'm gonna be fading them all playoffs. Fuck the Grizzlies. Oh, dude, yeah, it's gonna be. But I will say, I'll defend my tweet because I saw you question mark my tweet. John Morant like posterized someone. He's a fucking bozo, and the Grizzlies are my least favorite team. But when he plays basketball, like, it is fireworks every time. So, I mean, like, it is hard was, to be, like, man. Why do you think he was in the fucking go <laughs> Why do you think he was in there, dude? Yeah, you just can't cap a little sh- a little uh, pea shooter in a strip club, dude. They didn't teach me that in sports betting 101, dude. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't teach me to think about the off-the-field – antics that could occur when crafting a go well yeah you know the strip club with the pea shooter i don't think anyone saw that one coming dude i would have almost preferred him have like a full-blown rifle (laughs) like versus the pea shooter like if he just pulled out like an m16 and was just like in the club like getting a dance like would have almost preferred that versus like the little like pea shooter that he held with two fingers like waved in front of the camera like it just like just kind of like what are we what are we doing here man is that like our mobile glock like we just keep that one in our sock just in case well, like, yeah, I didn't really get that. But speaking of the NBA, bro, did you see Kyrie Irving denied an exit interview for the Dallas media? I did not see that. No way. Oh, yeah. That's nuts. And Luca denied the rumors that he wants to trade. But, dude, I mean, again, again. What an absolute been... weird tank job that was. <laughs> like, what, like, what, like, tank job out of nowhere, dude. Like, literally out of nowhere. And it's like, dude, again. 
Kyrie Irving is going to leave a team worse than how he found it. It's like what he excels at, dude. When he left the Cavs, they're in fucking shambles. When he left the Celtics, they're in fucking shambles. When he left the Nets, they're in fucking shambles. Like, he does not know how to go to a team and play the game of basketball like a team player. And if I'm an NBA GM right now, are you signing Kyrie Irving? No. I don't know how you could right now. I mean, he's no. so good that that's the frustrating thing, man. He's he's unbelievable to watch. But it's gotten to a point where he took a sixth seed to the 11th seed. <laughs> That's so like, like, dude, that tank job is literally all time. It, dude, it was just so weird, man. It was all so weird. Like Luca playing one quarter when they still can squeak in made no sense. Well, I think because it was like, obviously, you know, if you're the Mavs, you're like, all right, well, Luca's our, our golden child. And I think Luca got to the point where he was like, I don't like playing with Kyrie. I don't like him. They're probably not friends. They probably don't get along. Like, you can tell they didn't like each other when it came to the point where they were literally on different shifts, where it'd be like Kyrie would play the last five minutes, then Luka would start the third, then Kyrie would start the fourth. Like, they clearly did not like each other. So the Mavs are probably like, I mean, if we try to do a playoff series with these guys, like, it's not going to end well. So, and I think Mark Cuban's starting to look at himself in the mirror and be like, well, I blew up a core that was probably going to go really deep with Jalen Brunson, Finney Smith, like all those guys. There's no reason to blow that core up for Kyrie Irving and Luka. Like, that was just never going to work. Yeah. No. Now we got the Thunder in the playing game. Dude, I'm juiced for you guys. So hyped. We play the Pelicans. So who you guys play? Yeah, okay. I really wanted to play the T-Wolves because they are a shit show right now. Yesterday, the last day of the NBA was bonkers. So weird, dude. We had all these, like, fights going on with teams and – you know, it was it, we had random forty balls being dropped by players. Who <laughs> hardly play. It's crazy. But uh, no, yesterday was weird as shit. But I really wanted to play the T Wolves because uh, they just lost McDaniel's. His hands fucking fractured after he punched mm-hmm. a wall. You got mm-hmm. Gobert in shambles because he's fighting with Kyle Anderson. Uh, so they're you know definitely not playoff ready. But they have to play the Lakers now. So Lakers. Lakers got lucky with that. We have to play the Pelicans, which I'm definitely worried about. Uh, Ingram's a fucking beast. Dude, so I was watching the Masters yesterday, and every time I refreshed Twitter, something was imploding in the NBA. I was like, what the fuck is happening, dude? Like, literally every time I refreshed it, it was like something, like, absurd was happening. But I have to say, dude, that trade for Rudy Gobert is going to go down as one of the worst trades in NBA history. I don't think you could give me another trade that's going to end worse for a franchise than Rudy Gobert to the Timberwolves for three first rounders, fucking like the Kings ransom, D'Angelo Russell. Like, what were they thinking? <laughs> the guy was like awful on Utah. Donovan Mitchell didn't like playing for him. And the Timberwolves were like, you know what? We already have an unbelievable center in Carl Anthony Towns, but let's go get a center that like sucks. <laughs> And, and give him, like, a bunch of first-round picks, dude. Let's give away like, everything for him. <laughs> yeah. The front office is like, I'm thinking Rudy Gobert. And some guy was like, the whole house. And they were like, uh, what do we give up for him? <laughs> everything. Everything. <laughs> and, like, it was the most – also, it was the most Rudy Gobert interaction because he punched him in, like, the peck, and he, like – turned his hand all the way over like that kid that just has no idea how to use his hands in like a conflict. And I was sitting there, dude, like I watched it and I started like laughing out loud. 
So I was like, only Rudy Gobert, who's like seven four, could be mad and be like, mm. and like Kyle Anderson just be like, what the fuck was that, dude? Like, like the punch was the most botted punch I've ever seen. He was like so mad. He's like, mm. it's like dude, what? and like, dude, he's also like seven, like what, seven two, seven three. Kyle Anderson's body did this. <laughs> I was like, there, there was no force in. He was like, "What the fuck was that? Like, what? what like, what was that, dude?" So like, I mean, like, there's shambles. I mean, Jaden McDaniel's punching the wall. Like, just save Anthony Edwards. That's all I care about. For real, dude. For real, he deserves better. Like, can we get him out of there? <laughs> oh, what a! Oh uh, no, a but I mean, it was, it was a crazy, crazy, um, crazy last day in the NBA. I think the playoffs are starting to heat up. I think it's gonna be really exciting. Um, I want to start our week and end our week every week with the two segments that we introduced last episode, so the Common W and the Cake Report. Um, but before that, I did want to talk Zion. Mm. I need a thirty for a thirty at this point. Man. <laughs> like I know, like I seriously do. You're gonna miss your team's playoff run for the third year in a row. They already they already counted him out for the play-in, and they're saying he's doubtful for even if the Pelicans make it in for the play. Like, what is going on? There's been no major injury. There's been no major like report on a surgery. Like what, what is happening? Does he not want to play? Is he still too overweight? What is going on? Well, I kind of agree with him not playing right now. Cause I mean, with the West as stacked as it is, why even try and force a playoff run that is pretty unlikely when you can come back next season with a fully healthy roster? Ready to make, but I, but I would say it's not unlikely though. This Pelicans roster, if he's playing, can I would say beat anyone in the West. I don't really see anyone that. I mean, he dominates the paint, dude. He was literally scoring at a fifty percent clip for an entire season. Yeah, he's proven in college and the NBA. No one can really guard him. You have CJ McCollum. You have Brandon Ingram. You have Valanciunas. You have all these guys. You have Alvarez for defending. Like, what this Pelicans team can win a championship. They can. With the way Brandon Ingram plays, if he comes back and just plays basketball, like I don't even understand why he wouldn't play. I mean, if he's not a hundred percent, which he must not be, like why put a 70-60% Zion out there for an unlikely playoff run? And I guess that's kind of like my point. How is he not a hundred percent? You know what I mean? I feel like it was yeah. the same bit last year. He's sitting out for the entire season. He misses the playoffs, but there's no big injury. Yeah. Like, at least with the Lonzo Ball situation, we're getting, like, doctors don't know what to do. Yeah. Like, he still has pain. They're going to just try another surgery. Like, But they don't know where the pain is coming from. With Zion, it's just like, he's not 100%. <laughs> Neither am I, man. But, like, like, I don't understand the whole, like, I don't know. I feel I just need a 30 for 30. Like, I need Yeah. Him. I mean, I think he's just such a impactful player, such a generational player that you don't want to fuck this up, you know? Yeah, but it feels like, but, but, but what is going on? <laughs> I have like, no idea. Tell me what's going on. Like, I, I can't even tell you what's going on. I'm just trying to, <laughs> you know, be the other guy here. But uh, I have no idea what the fuck is wrong with him. What is wrong? No, but with I hear, but I hear your side of the point. That's what I'm saying. Like is I hear what back? you're saying. Is it his foot? I don't know. <laughs> it's I'm literally gonna just Google. I'm gonna Google right now. What's wrong with Zion Williams? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Like every time they're like, oh, he's just not 100%. Damn, dude. I can't believe he it. He had a right. A right knee contusion. No. 
What was it? Okay. All right. I just want to know what date this fucking happened. Because he hasn't played in like months. Has he even played this year, dude? I feel like I haven't even seen him. This (laughs) This is what I'm saying. January 2nd. I think this might be of last year. I don't know if it's this January because I don't know if he even played this year. He left the court with a right hamstring strain. In, in, January, in January. In January. Dude, I wasn't a great athlete, but I strained my hamstring and was practicing the next day. I've pulled a quad and played like two games later. Like, so what? Are, he played 61 in his sophomore year out of 72 games in 2020, 2021. Missed the entire 21 22 season with a broken foot. Returned to play 29 out of 80 games this year. Uh, damn, bro. He's hardly played. And it's he's a strain, dude. It's a strain. That's not even a pull. That's not a tear. That's not like a – that's like a, ooh. I was oh, so God, high. A little sore. <laughs> <laughs> I was so high on the Pelicans coming into this season expecting him to play. I'm still high on them. I think they're a really good team. I think Ingram is, is that fucking guy. I saw this video the other day about uh, when Ingram was on the – it was like the worst chance in the NBA that the fans have said to a player. And number one was – number one was when Luca was in Atlanta, the whole crowd started chanting, you are fat the entire time. But uh, fuck, when uh, Ingram was at the free throw line, they were chanting like, LeBron's going to trade you. And I just like looking at him in a Lakers jersey, you could just tell like he was not loving it there. And he was in such no. a so much pressure and shit. And so then he goes to New Orleans and he's just flourishing and thriving and becoming the player that everybody thought he was gonna be, the equivalent to a Durant, which he's very much like a Durant. He's he's so good. So it's good to see him thrive. Dude, when you think about the core that that Laker team had, they probably win a championship if they just let time take its course. They yeah. had Lonzo Ball, who, before he got hurt, was probably the best Electric. Swiss Army Knife point guard. Electric. You had Kyle Kuzma, who averages 25 on the Wizards. Yeah. You had Julius Randle, who's been an MVP candidate for two years straight. That drops like 40 now. Yeah. You had Brandon Ingram who's probably one of the best scorers in the NBA bar none when it's when he's on. Dude, holy shit. And then you had DeAndre Russell, who has been an all-star multiple times and is now back, but is one of the best, you know, one-two punches in basketball as well as like a great second weapon. Like that's a starting five that right now you put together, they probably compete for a championship. That's a crazy starting five, bro. Unbelievable. All drafted by the Lakers. Yeah. And all traded away. That's insane. Like nuts, dude. Nuts. nuts. That they had all those guys, dude. You think about all those guys. All those guys have been all-stars other than Monzo Ball. Yep. I remember yeah. that and, and Laker, like Laker Nation, I guess, was just so quick to react to, you know, wins and losses with this team that it just got to a point where they were like, we need a fucking championship now. Yeah, they were just offloading everybody. Yeah, everybody. They got their Mickey Mouse ring, but dude, I'm telling you, I was getting shit on for that take about the Lakers, man. I mean, <clears throat> I, I'm really confident, bro. They're going to win their first series of this playoffs. 
Are they going to win the finals? I mean, obviously, a lot of fucking things have to happen for that to actually happen. But, I mean, I feel good about this Lakers team, man. They're going to win their first game or first series of, of the playoffs. Felt good about this Laker team, and then I bet on them to beat a Paul George-less Clippers in a must-win game for them, and they that, got their fucking tits beat off, and now I don't believe in them. I think the Lakers can beat the Suns. I don't think they can beat it the Clippers in a in a seven-game series. I think the Clippers are going to be a sneak team in the West. I would be careful with the Clippers. For whoever's got to play them, Like they are very sneaky good. They are. Where, is, where are we at with uh, Paul George? Is he done for the season? No, he's supposed to play in the playoffs, I believe. Yeah. I don't think it's been a full deactivation because his knee I think it was a knee strain. So like Zion, but he won't be out for 150 games. Um all right, well let's wrap up the show. We're gonna let's do the common W first, because you know we weren't together all weekend um and most of the week as well. So give me your common W for the week, and then we'll do our little a small, small cake report. Um, and for those that don't know, the common W is just something that went right in your week, betting, personal life, whatever it may be, something that went right in your week. And then we'll get to the cake report after the common W. But Trent, give me your common W of the week and the weekend. Common W, it's kind of an L, but also a W. Um, I got my ass kicked in golf by my 95-year-old grandpa who still got it, bro. He's crazy. He's crazy. I saw that photo and it made me laugh out loud. <laughs> Because you're just like cheesing so hard. You're like, I'm getting my ass beat by my 95-year-old. Dude, it's like he really like helps me realize that in, when you're playing golf, it's not about how fucking hard you can swing, how far you can hit the ball. Because this guy's 95 years old with club speed like this, bro. And it just goes straight down the fairway. And meanwhile, mine's fucking, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> That shit is so shanked right, bro. I'm on, I'm literally on the other green. I shit you not. I hit a drive. I'm on the green of a different hole. And meanwhile, Let's go. he's dead center on the fairway of the hole that we're actually playing. And it just is I'm like, dude, why am I hitting it 110% when I can just give it a 60% swing and I'll be in the middle of the fairway? Uh but the club no. speed just murdered me. <laughs> Dude, literally, I swear, bro, he's gone <laughs> straight down the middle. And, you're just and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> trying to fucking mash it. Just piss on the ball. I'm, like, I'm not letting this dude fucking beat me, man. He's 95. <laughs> he doesn't have my type of strength. And I whack it, bro. And that shit goes. Sick club speed, Grandpa. Check this out. <laughs> <laughs> Just so far right, dude. Shame. Um, no, I love that. I love that he still got it, dude. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. So, um, I think mine would be I got to spend uh, some time in New York again, going out with my buddies from home. Haven't seen them in about five to six months, so it was good to you know get back out in the city, go a little crazy. Um, we ended up at this Irish pub on Thursday night, and I feel like everyone that lives in New York ends up finding their pub where no one really goes to, but somehow stays in business. But it's probably because you spend like 400 500 bucks there, and like it's just unlimited service, and they'll take like six drinks off. And, you know, we went out on a Thursday in New York, ended up at this like small little pub, just me, my buddy, and two of his friends from, from school. 
and you know we're we get there at midnight there's like touch tunes we have like 10 bucks you feel like you own the bar with 10 bucks and touch tunes you get like 12 songs so we're like queuing up songs they like know the bartenders so they're being super nice and we're just like doing our bit but the funniest thing was we're sitting there it's like 3 a.m now the bartender like we're the only people in there but the bartender like knows us so he's just like hanging out he steps outside to like smoke a cigarette so we're the only people in the bar um and my buddy's playing darts with one of his friends and um he like walks by me. I'm at the other end of the bar. He's by the darts. The front door is right, right where I was sitting on a bar stool with his other buddy. And he's playing darts. He like starts walking by. I mean, I can tell he's got that walk. That's like, Oh, you're definitely super fucked up. You know, he's getting that lean going with the walk where you're putting your weight and your body's following the weight as you walk. And it's like, you know, his head's a little bit back and I see him like go towards the front door. And I was like, yo, what are we doing here, man? And he like just ignores me and keeps going. And he opens the front door and leans out. And as he leans out, his whole body weight goes with the door. So he's like, this door is holding on for dear life. And he's fully leaned out the door. And the bartender's out there smoking. His name was John. And I just hear him go, oh, John, we're getting a little thirsty inside, if you wouldn't mind. And like, (laughs) as he says that, the hand lets go of the door and he face plants on the pavement of New York City (laughs) And I just hear John. I just hear John go. Okay, sounds good. Oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. <laughs> so my buddy is falling face down. And like John, like helps my buddy up because they like they're all friends with him or whatever. Literally helps my friend inside and then pours him like a nine percent IPA beer and gives it to him. <laughs> I was like, yo, you can't make New York up, dude. This shit is like just. It's so classic, dude. It's so classic. So classic. Um, but yeah, that that probably be my common W. Just a good weekend in New York. Um. W. All right, let's get to the cake report. The cake report is an L that happened either in your betting, your personal life, whatever it may be. Um, you know, it's how we already talked about a couple L's we had betting wise, uh, but I'll start the cake report. I guess uh, the, the overs cake report is that, you know, I finally hit that parlay, but I've been getting rinsed lately mm-hmm. in betting. dude. Me too. Like rinsed, bro. Like, I make a UFC parlay. I take Israel Adesanya money line, and I take Gilbert Burns' fight to not go the distance. The Gilbert Burns fight goes the distance, and Israel Adesanya wins. It's like, fuck, man. Like, I just can't buy one. I get down to the last leg of the parlay, and they get blown out. I've never seen blowouts in baseball like this before, dude. At least, like, last summer, you'd be like, all right, we're down one run in the ninth. Like, here we go. This year, it's fucking like you might lose 14 to 1. Yeah. And it's like, it, like baseball blowouts never look good online. So like, I, I would have to say my like biggest, like the K report for me is these blowouts in baseball, man. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. I've never put a bet on a favorite and have them lose 11 to one or 15 to two. Yeah. And that's happened twice. <laughs> so I put yeah. that up there. <laughs> I've got a few. Uh, I mean, now that the NBA regular season is over, we can go ahead and add the NBA goat whale to the cake report. Shout out John yeah. Morant. That one's Shout tough. Um, you know, I still win two racks on a thousand dollar bet, which is, you know, at least I'm seeing something in the green come home. But uh, yeah, finally can just put the stamp on caked on this goat whale and move on. Uh, you know, praying on the Grizzlies downfall. John Morant, I can never look at you the same way after this. I'm not going to pray on your downfall for the rest of your career, but. As far as this season, I fucking hate the Grizzlies and John Morant. So that shit's caked. Shout out for selling the gut well, man. 
Cake Republic. Can't do it, man. And it went five. It went four for five. Four for five. SGA. I mean, the oh. disrespect in this line. Thirty-one and a half was his average. His line was twenty-three and a half. Unbelievable. Uh, Josh Giddy finished with sixteen point six points per game. His line was fourteen point four. Brandon Ingram finished twenty-four and a half. His line was twenty-two. And same with Anthony Edwards. He finished at twenty-four and a half, and his line was twenty-three. John ja Morant finished twenty-six point four. His line was twenty-seven point five. Dude, you were in your bag. Bag. And it was like it wasn't even him I was worried about. It was Ingram because that toe. That fucking toe, man. Dude. <laughs> and uh Ingram was never a doubt. Anthony Edwards never a doubt. No, that was air. Yeah, air. Everything. Bring on the Grizzlies' downfall for the rest of the year. I'm in. Yep, that shit's caked. That's a cake report. Uh, this has been another episode of TFM Bets. Remember, you can get the podcast anywhere you get podcasts. That means Spotify. That means Apple Podcasts. That means YouTube. Make sure you guys like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Um, we really appreciate you guys again. I'll be back in studio for the Wednesday episode. We've got plenty of great content coming for the NBA playoffs for the rest of the NHL season, which we didn't even get to talk about today, but I do want to touch on next episode. Um, and yeah, Trent, tell them where they can find you. Follow me on Twitch or Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at Book It With Trent and follow the Twitch channel and tune into the surgical stream. Twitch is at Book It Sports. Uh, you can find me, Mikey, over on every platform except Instagram. It's michael.j.overs. I will see you guys next episode. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, we will in fact be... We'll be seized. Appreciate you guys.